Welcome to Episode 11 of Discover Ocala, presented by Showcase Properties of Central Florida. I'm Valerie Daly, the presenter for this podcast. In this podcast, I visit with Jeremy Roden and Diane Bush with the UF-IFAS Extension Marion County Master Gardener Program. Let's learn more. I want to welcome Jeremy Roden and Diane Bush to our second episode this year on Discover Ocala. Thank you guys for joining me today. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Thank you for having us. We're excited. Thank you for having us. Yeah. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the Master Gardener Program uh, that is associated with the University of Florida also known as the Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences, correct? Yep. Uh, with our county extension office here in Marion County. So it's very different from the horse industry here, but it's something that's extremely important in Marion County, and it affects and touches many people here in the county. And, and um, I learned about the program many years ago uh, through our 4-H uh, club uh, where the master gardeners were putting on their spring festival, their spring show, and um, all our kids got to bring carts or wagons and they got to come out and help uh, pick up plants for people that were purchasing them and then take them out to the cars for them. So that's how I first became involved with the master gardener program. But awesome. I don't know the history about the program it is uh, uh, so maybe you guys can fill us in and 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 tell us a little bit about how it got started yeah so the history of the master gardener program goes all the way back to washington state and all the way back to the 70s okay so um one of the very first uh per- well actually the first program that started out there um started because the agent at the time the horticulture agent he just had so many clients reaching out to him for questions on what to do with their landscape and he couldn't do his job. He predominantly was running a full-time plant clinic himself. And so he decided one day, I just need to train volunteers and teach them everything that I need to know for my job and what I get questions about and teach them how to respond to these questions. So lo and behold, it started, his name was David Gibby. And from there, it moved its way across the U.S. and into Florida in the early 80s and started Mm -hmm. in Marion County around 1982, or so we believe, 82 to 84. Um, And it's been going strong ever since. Uh, And essentially, that's exactly what the Master Gardeners do. As the urban and residential horticulture agent, I work a lot with our clients on those same issues, but because we have close to 400,000 residents in Marion County, you can understand how one person answering to all of them can be very difficult. And so having a strong master gardener program, which we do have with about 150 master gardeners, they regularly take calls, answer emails, text messages, walk-ins, you name it, Monday through Friday. And that's just one part of the many things that we do. We Our goal is to mm-hmm. go out and educate the community on horticulture and research-based information directly from the land-grant university from the University of Florida. Okay. And so Diane here is a volunteer. That is right. Okay. And you are the president this year. Is that correct? Um, yes, I'm the president. This is my third year oh. as president. Okay. And I have served many roles in there. I've been a master gardener since 2016. And I'm also the youth director, and um, which I also work with 4-H as well. 
with that program. And we have many programs. Uh, we have different directors for different things that we do. We have many programs that give lectures, training, um, yard advice, you know, all, all kind of programs. It's all master gardeners going out into the community as well as bringing into our extension for programs. Okay, so how does one get to be a master gardener? Oh, that's a really good question. I love that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we, once a year, all right, it's very special. Once a year, we do have an orientation in May, and it is coming up again on May the 10th, where we have anybody who's interested from the public will come in and listen to this presentation that our um Jeremy here is the Master Gardener Coordinator. He didn't mention that part, um, <laughs> no. but there's another hat that he does wear. And so he will give a presentation, and uh, some of us on the panel will also talk with the people like yourself, for example, or anybody else that's interested and tell you what the program is all about. If you're interested, you fill out an application. We bring you in for interviews, and then we start classes in August, and you go through a training period where you have a weekly class you have uh it's a hybrid where you work online on classes and you come into classroom to meet your cla uh, your classmates and your teachers 15 weeks 15 and... weeks right yep is there a um, test there is a test at the end that uh, is cumulative of everything we've there's, done there's cumulative tests and everything but um we mentor as well so we make sure if i were if you notice i'm also a mentor um which means that I try to support, I'm assigned to somebody which I try to support throughout that process to make sure that they're getting everything that they need, they understand everything they need to do. If they're having any troubles, we'll work them through it. So we'll, you know, basically coach them through so everybody can make it if you really have the desire. And then once you become a master gardener, do you have responsibilities? Absolutely. But those are the ones that we're the most proud of because we give our time to go out and provide all of this educational information, um, all the classes that we give, all of the seminars and the lectures that we give, um, yard evaluations that are done. We all we have an actual data. Uh, we have an actual program where we go post all the events that we're doing, and the master gardeners go and look at that all the time, sign up for what they want to do, and then we go out and we all do these different things. Um, all underneath of what we're learning from through the extension, we also have continuing education requirements every year. Okay. So we can yeah, stay on so top of all the new all, all the new research. Yeah, so right after the 15-week training ends, they have a little bit of a grace period that normally ends around the beginning of November. And then starting January 1st, they have the whole following year to obtain 75 prescribed volunteer hours. And what we mean by prescribed is they have to do like 15 hours in our demonstration gardens, 15 hours in propagation nursery. Uh, I believe it's five hours or eight hours in youth uh, area, two hours in Florida-friendly landscaping area. And the whole idea of doing that is so they kind of get a taste of every little program we have that makes up the entire entirety of the master gardener volunteer program and so once they complete their 75 hours in those prescribed areas then they officially become a master gardener so during that time frame they're considered a master gardener volunteer intern and after they get their 75 hours they officially become a master gardener volunteer then the following year they only have 50 hours to obtain annually in whatever area they choose so they don't have to be in a prescribed area 
So that's basically an hour a week. One thing that we take a lot of pride in for our program is that Marion County for the past several years have actually been number one in the state for the yeah. most average hours earned by master gardeners. Oh, well, so congratulations. The, yeah, it's pretty good. The state requirement is once you are officially master gardener, you have to do 35 hours a year plus 10 hours of CEUs. We in Marion County have required 50 hours annually plus 10 hours CEUs, and yet our master gardeners average around 150 hours apiece wow. out of 148 master gardeners. So they're really outstanding. They do great work, and you know everything they're doing is really making big changes in our community. And so. regarding the CEs, what that really means is that, you know, like I, for example, will travel to different research centers that UF has mm -hmm. and take programs and classes there where I get to view what the researchers are doing and go out to the research plots and learn all kinds of new techniques and so forth and what's coming down the pike so that we can actually be more ahead of it. Um, getting the CEU is part of the fun of belonging to this organization. Mm-hmm. Is there a cost to getting the CE? So generally yeah. for the CEUs, they will either waive the fee for master gardeners or will give it to us at a much discounted price. Okay. In fact, I would say the majority of the trainings right. that are offered to master gardeners in addition to the public, they normally will waive the fee or a master gardener volunteer program will vote to pay off the co registration costs for any master gardeners who want to attend. That should never be a barrier to anybody because even with people that are shut in um, at home, we have projects that people are working from their home and technology and so forth that we need as well. So once they complete their uh, their initial requirements, they can continue doing things like that for us that we much need. Um, we've had people that have had maybe an injury or whatever, and they're still able to keep up. And there are many, many webinars that we have as well where they can get their CE. So that's never an issue. There's always a spot for somebody. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So uh, the other day I read from somewhere, or maybe even saw it on Facebook, you had a group of individuals out at some of the schools, and you've created gardens <laughs> at the school. Is that correct? This is how we met. <laughs> before he became the agent there, I was a master gardener, okay? Before he came to our county, he was actually a teacher in the program. Uh, that is called uh, FANS, or Fitness and Nutrition in our schools, where we go into the schools. We were actually the third leg of a partnership between the school district and the Marion County Hospital District, creating these raised beds in all of the elementary schools. And they started in a core of, I think, five schools, and each year they kept expanding them so that, to cover all the schools. And now we're in every school in Marion County awesome. uh, with... The raised beds are in the elementary schools. The high schools have the hydroponic greenhouses. Oh, nice. And Jeremy was, we met actually in a hydroponics course <laughs> at UF while I was taking a CE class um, several years ago. And then I saw him again later when we ended up in the raised beds together planting. And then in the greenhouse, when he was managing the greenhouse at Vanguard High School, and then he comes to us. So we have mm -hmm. quite a long history of working together okay. over multiple things. What's the goal for having uh, a program at the schools? As Diane was saying, this was initially started by the Marion County uh, Hospital District, excuse me. Uh, and in partnership with them, they asked if the master gardeners would take part in the elementary programs. And so that's been going on for a long while. And the goal of that program, it started 
in the secondary schools, it started at Vanguard High School with a farm to school program. And when the hospital district heard about what they were doing with growing food to try to implement that into the cafeteria for the students, they loved the idea. And they had already started these five raised beds at a few elementary schools. And they were like, you know, this might be the way to really focus on Marion County's health and how we can change the younger generation's mind in eating healthier and being physically active. And so uh, really the hospital district has stepped up big and have come into this with we're going to tackle obesity rates by changing the food, teaching them how to grow their own food, uh, give them better facilities with PE and equipment to use. And so every year they continue to sponsor the school district. And we've been fortunate with our program to continue to maintain a partnership. So whereas they have the expertise of managing those funds and creating a great physical health program, mm -hmm. we have the expertise when it comes to horticulture. And so we're able to bring that research-based information directly from the University of Florida and bring it into our schools along with working with our health and nutrition agent in our office. So it's become a great complexity of things, but with different partnerships coming together, it's it's really having a great impact in our community and especially our schools. All 52 schools currently have a FANS program, um, and we're predominantly in the elementaries as master gardeners yeah. are concerned. Um, but then we also have private schools in the communities also that have FANS exactly. programs now okay. with gardens. Many of them are coming in now, one right after the other. And we start, we plant, what Master Gardeners do is we go in with the teacher um, that then we plant twice a year, spring and fall with them. We're getting ready to start that next week. And in the time period that I've been doing this, I have actually seen uh, a change in even the appearance of the children and their interest in it. I have seen a change in the teacher's interest in it um, because the program does work, and I have seen an interest in kids to try to taste these foods as well, mm -hmm. because when they see that they've grown it, so part of what they're doing, we help them grow it, and then they are learning how to harvest and bring things into the classroom for them as well. I used to be the fans coordinator. So after I left being a teacher, I was a fans coordinator for the district, did that for a couple of years, and then moved over to IFAS. And prior to that, one of our big things we were looking at in terms of the PE side of it, because they do PE and the gardens, is looking at those BMIs and seeing how their BMI is affected based on what they're doing in the program and how they're eating. And so one of the things that we would regularly do is sample tests, our sample sampling food. So during the cafeteria time when students would come to lunch, they would sample some type of produce item. It would be cooked up special for them. You know, an example, shredded Brussels sprouts that were roasted with Parmesan cheese. <laughs> I was never a fan myself until I tried the sample and that is, but you know, that's exactly it. You know, we teach ourselves, I grew up on Brussels sprouts, eating them whole, never was a fan of that. And then here we are with the students, we shred them, we put some Parmesan, some olive oil, roasted it, salt and pepper. They absolutely loved it. And the thing is not everyone did, but if they tried it, they got a sticker that said, I tried it. And the goal was they went home, their parents saw the sticker and said, what did you try today? Well, now that conversation has sparked at home and they either, either have told their parents that they liked it or did not like it. But either way, they tried something new. And the goal was to teach them that you may try something one way and not like it, but another way might mm -hmm. be differently. And the science does suggest and show repeatedly that anyone, whether it's a young person or an adult who grows their own food, regardless of whether or not they previously did not like it, if they grow it from seed to finish or seedling to finish, they're more inclined to find a way of eating it because 
they were successful at growing it. And so that's kind of the idea is teaching kids where their food is coming from and how to eat it to their liking. That's great. So another big program that you have is the uh, spring festival. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and when is that this year? Does it cost anything to get into it? What, what's the process for that? So we are in our 28th year of the Spring Festival. It is a very large event. It's always the second weekend of March. Saturday, Saturday 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. Sunday is 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. Um, and uh, it's $3 to get in. That includes the tax. It's free for anyone 12 and under. Uh, and we welcome everyone. We have people literally from all over the country that come to our event. Um, for the past two years, we've had people fly down from other states Ohio and another state to come and get ideas for how to do a festival similar to what we're doing. So right. it brings in about 10,000 people. Uh, right. Last year on the first day by 10:30 a.m., the parking lot was at capacity, um, <laughs> and we were trying to find remote locations to park people and find a way to get right. them on property. So there are places out there to direct people. Yes, right. so, so um, it's a great. And event. we have a kid zone in there. Yes, we do. We have over yeah kid zone. We have over 100 I vendors. I had in the kids zone um, last year, we clocked in 500 children. We do not count the adults coming in. We had a live butterfly tent outside where they could go in and view the butterflies. And we had over 800 that went in there. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's And we will event. have it again this year. <laughs> We're working well, on it. This yeah. is such a huge program for Marion County. And um, it sounds like you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And um, hopefully more people will come out. Now, you, your offices are at the County Extension office that's near the Livestock Pavilion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where some of your gardens are as well. Your, yep. yep, our demonstration gardens are on site there. And I would say the biggest thing, you know, for anyone who's listening to this is, is that to understand that we are a free service that is funded by your taxes, essentially. So in some ways it's not free, but we are here as a resource. <laughs> Our goal is to bring bring you the most research-based information on anything related to agriculture. Specifically, the Master Gardeners focus on anything plant science, but we have an Ag and Natural Resources agent, an Animal Science agent, you know, you name it. If it's related to agriculture, we have an agent there who can give you free information, free advice, and resources to help you with mm -hmm. whatever it may be that you're experimenting, whether it's sick cattle, uh, dying turf grass, whatever it might be. We are a resource here for you. Or even for like with we have an agent that's small farms. So for people that are interested in doing that, having small farm business and so forth. Mm -hmm. So well, great. Thank yes. you guys so much for coming yeah, in and giving us a little bit of information about the Master Gardener program. And uh, we'll see you uh, first part of March. And then maybe some of the other people will come in May and sign up for your class. And you'll get a bunch more people that want to become Master Gardeners. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We yes. would enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> great. We'd greatly appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, we're thanks really for having us. It. Thank you for having us. And we're very pleased that you have an interest in what we have to offer here in the community. Thanks to Jeremy and Diane for joining us today. And we look forward to being with you once again next month, right here on Discover Ocala, presented by Showcase Properties of Central Florida. Discover Ocala is presented by Showcase Properties of Central Florida. As an independent brokerage firm for over two decades, Showcase Properties has helped customers throughout Central Florida achieve their real estate goals. Showcase Realtors offer expertise in a variety of property types and price points. 
and their services go beyond just buying and selling. Visit ShowcaseOcala.com to connect with a dedicated local realtor and start your unique real estate journey today. We also want to thank you, the listener, for taking time to discover Ocala with us. We hope you enjoyed this month's episode. And if you did, please consider leaving us a review or rating wherever you're listening or even telling a friend about us. If you have any questions on other organizations, individuals, or events you'd like to see covered in future episodes, you can get in touch with us directly at discoverocala at showcaseocala.com. See you next month.